Independent. Expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Welcome to Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong, and this is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information, all without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. This week on Independence Day, Lasers Lasers Birmingham. Lasers Lasers Birmingham is the sort of thing that happens when an experienced musician tests positive for country after years of slogging it out as a sideman in indie bands from the hills of Missouri to the deserts of Arizona. Alex Owen is Lasers Lasers Birmingham, and after recording his first cassette-only demo on his own, including playing all the instruments himself, Owen decided that his new batch of songs that would become the new EP Royal Blue necessitated third-person musical colors. Fortunately, a cadre of seasoned LA players were eager to pick up the phone when Owen called. Royal Blue is a quick tour of Lasers Lasers Birmingham's musical universe, and over the course of its four songs, gently strummed acoustic guitar, Hammond organ, barroom piano, pedal steel guitar, brushed snare drum, and burning Telecaster licks all have ample space to shine. But this isn't Nashville country, nor is it Austin country, Midwestern punk country, or even neo-traditionalist L.A. Bakersfield country. Lasers Lasers Birmingham's brand of country music is country for the internet age. It is fully confident in mixing subgenres, slightly tongue-in-cheek, smart, melodic, and self-assured in its delivery. It's a pleasing mashup of several flavors of country in an age when one can sample widely disparate styles of music with a few swipes on their smartphone. Owen's lyrical approach is Dylan-esque, but his laid-back, almost laconic vocal delivery is less affected and features layered harmonies that owe more to the best moments in the Eagles catalog. There is also a hint of blue-eyed soul on Royal Blue that nods towards Van Morrison's early 70s classics, and it fits right in there. All in all, Alex Owen and Lasers Lasers Birmingham's specific influences are hard to peg, but easy to listen to. Welcome to Independence Day, Lasers Lasers Birmingham, also known as Alex Owen. Hey, Alex. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Happy to be here. It's uh, it's very nice to meet you. Very nice to talk to you. Our paths, as far as I know, haven't crossed before. I don't think so, no. Although we, we kind of run this similar scene here, uh, music scene here Certainly. in Los Angeles. But yeah, how long have you been in LA? I know you started uh, off kind of Midwest Missouri. Yeah, yeah. Uh, worked your way kind of west to Phoenix, and then that wasn't west enough for you. That <laughs> so how long was it uh, that you've been in LA? Uh, I've been in here since uh, 2010. Okay, so not that terribly long ago. Not too long. Six no. years or so. And how, how do you how do you find it here? Is it, is I it love it suited I mean, your lifestyle and your musical career? I think so. You know, this is the one of the first places I've ever lived where I wasn't kind of dreaming about living somewhere else. Okay. And it's you know, there's a ton of stuff to do here and a ton of great people to play music with, a million talented yeah. people. It it feels great, you know, like Sometimes uh, when I leave, I feel like I have to defend L.A. a little bit to L.A. Right. or to other folks, but I mean, I don't mind. You know because... what I tell people, man? I tell people all the time, because L.A., look, where I come from in the Midwest, Chicago area is my original hometown, uh, but I've lived all over. But a lot of people, there's a lot of anti-L.A. sentiment there is, in the country, you know, because they see the fake breasts and they see the nose jobs <laughs> and they see like the fake like nature of it, like the, uh, the artifice of sure. L.A. And, but I, and the funny thing is, like, I got to the point where I just let them think that. Because there's too many people here already, and I tell them all the time, stay away, Los Angeles is terrible. <laughs> it sucks here. Don't come here. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like the only stereotype they kind of get on the nose is maybe like the traffic or something. Yeah. You know, like, uh, but it's great. I love it, you know. The thing is, there are, there are certainly vapid people here. Certainly. But there are vapid <laughs> people everywhere. Yeah, you know, a bigger place, you just get more vapid people. Maybe the same yeah. percentage everywhere you go. Or but I like the creativity, and that's what kind of brings us back to talking about sure. music, which is largely what we're going to be talking about today, is this... There are so many creative people here. 
you know, and like the collective weight of this creative energy. New York is, is very similar as well. Um, and other cities have it in pockets, you know, Nashville had it, Athens, Georgia. There's like the places where like the arts really flourish. Um, but here it, it's not just art, but it's art and commerce. Sure. Yeah. It's all here, you know, whatever you need to find, you know, you want a country player, you can find the only thing I haven't been able to find, find here yet is good Belgian muscles. (laughs) If anyone has any idea out there in the world. Yeah. I'll I'll keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for me. I'll let you know. It's just, I mean, I know it's kind of a, a middling complaint, but. Sure. I mean, they're elusive. Certainly. They are elusive. So. Uh, you, the first question I want to ask is like the framework of the band, lasers, sure. lasers, Birmingham. Is this a situation where it's, it's like kind of our, like iron and wine, which is Sam beam and whoever happens to be playing with him? Certainly, certainly, you know, um, you know, this latest release has really been a departure of me trying to do everything by myself. Right. And, you know, as much as I, I still certainly fall in the DIY category, this is the first time where I really was reaching out to people to help me record, play okay. the parts, do the album art, just all this stuff where it was kind of an exercise in me taking a step back from just doing everything all the time. Right. And honestly, it just feels so good to just kind of strum guitar and sing and play the tunes and focus on the things I really can have a lot of control over, you know? Now, is this do-it-yourself aesthetic something you did to save money? Or is it something, like Lenny Kravitz, that was the big thing, like he played all the instruments with the exception of, I think, like the keyboards maybe on his first record there's a million you know artists who have done that kind sure. of thing like was was it in, a, in other words was it an aesthetic consideration that you wanted to do it by your by yourself or was it more uh because you, it was just easier i think it was just easier you know it was just kind of you know it was i was in a place where i had the ability to have instruments around i just kind of collected them all from all my friends and stuff but i could get my friends instruments over to my house but i could never get my friends over there to play because you know like it was always like my girlfriend's doing this thing or i got to go to work and so all their gears at my house so i just started kind of picking up little things and it started out just because no one else is around and i could just do a full band sound without having someone else's schedule to worry about yeah it's a logistical consideration logistics absolutely because you're always there yeah, <laughs> you know, and if you're, I don't know if you're like me or like other artists that I've known in my life, like you're really dedicated to what you're trying to do, and especially if it's your own music, that just kind of doubles down on that. Absolutely, to the point where, you know, the music may be great, but trying to sell someone on the idea of coming over and playing it, and especially as the older you get, uh, it becomes harder and harder to get people to come over and do things. They've got kids and wives and obligations and responsibilities and jobs and it becomes even harder i found absolutely you know just just getting folks there and and being consistent and there's also a lot as a band leader like a lot of pressure on you to keep things interesting right. for other people to be interested in what you're doing you know right. like and so just always booking shows and making sure they're good shows and, and trying to you know Fill the space with positive people. It just <laughs> I like you know, that phrase. Fill the space with positive people. That's a very astute. Yeah, way I mean, to like I mean, I've played with some people that were just wow, like it just blows your mind what a great player they were. But you know, like every take isn't good enough, or just it's always something. And and like when you yeah. find positive people, like it just feels yeah. so so good. <laughs> yeah, and if you yourself are positive and you're the only person in the room, you have automatically then by default filled the room up with positive well, people. Yeah, yeah, I guess I guess so. Uh yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so now as a departure now, like what was the point cuz you did a cassette release um uh, it was just eponymously titled Lasers Lasers Birmingham. Yeah. How, how many years ago was that? That was uh 3 years ago. Okay, not so terribly long ago. Not I'm like too long I ago. love that you released it on cassette. Yeah, you know, I just you know, I would go to shows and there needs to be 
and I've noticed the other bands, like, you know, everyone's still doing CDs and CDs is really important. And, but I needed something that was the artifact that seemed a little bit cooler and just yeah. something a little bit that would grab you. And, you know, like I would, I would give these tapes out at shows or I would just give people a tape and like, it was about 50, 50 people were very confused. Right. Or they were super into it. Yeah, and I guess it didn't super help that the tapes were like lime green and really crazy colored. Because <laughs> I just where to... does one even find? I'm sorry to interrupt, but where sure. does one even find lime green um, cassettes? Canada, interesting. Canada, there's a great tape play, tape printing place. I guess or tapes printed. I don't know. They're made in Canada. They're great. A replication house. Replication house in Canada, but uh, yeah, no, just something the artifact, you know, right? Because when you buy music, you're not really buying the ten cent. CD, you're buying the feeling, the experience, the experience, you know, and, and, you know, as technology kind of continues to make a big footprint uh, on our, on everything, how people experience music is radically changing. Right. And, you know, it's important for music to have a function as well as being entertainment, you know, like, you know. Right. Well, it's an experience. It's the soundtrack to our lives. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, or ideally it is the music yeah. that you love, you know, and those of us who love music, um, you know, there's always a song in the back of my mind, whether it's something I'm, my brain is playing back that I've listened to a, a million times, or it's generating a new song as I'm walking down the street. Like, it's always there. It's a constant, yeah. perpetual thing. <laughs> you know, it's almost like a compulsion. Sure, sure. You know, it's like, as soon as I think I'm out, it drags you it back pulls in. pulls me back in. Right. Uh, so, I, that, that certainly makes sense to me. And it, and it's a good idea. And, it, and it, aesthetically speaking, it ties into, like, the name of the band. The name of the band, it's kind of cumbersome, but it's memorable. Sure, yeah. Right, and that's the key because, you know, nowadays, even in a place like Los Angeles, especially in a place like Los Angeles, where it's saturated, it's a trillion bands. There is. Right? And to come up with a name that's unique enough and is memorable, and then to give someone a cassette that kind of adds to that mystique of having something unique that people will then remember. Yeah, certainly. Exactly. Uh, you know, it, it is cumbersome, but, you know, sometimes working for it uh, feels good, you know? Yeah. I have cassettes. <laughs> my girlfriend is not pleased that I have cassettes, but I, I don't know. I only have, I only have like 6,000. Well, that's, that's not too bad, <laughs> but I do have, I do have a bunch of cassettes. Well, cassettes, you know, on. like it's, you know, you don't, yeah, it's not as sexy as vinyl and you know, you yeah. don't hear people say, well, you know, like my tape collection, you know, right. this or that or the other, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's fun. It's something different, you know? Yeah, it certainly is. And there's a lot of, you know, we're all musicians. Most of the people I know drive older cars. Yeah. Because we're musicians. So there's a tape deck in my car. When I listen to my iPod or whatever, you know, or streaming whatever in my car, I have to listen through a cassette adapter. Sure. Old school. Very, very <laughs> early 2000s. Early aughts style right, right, is what I right. like to call it. Anyway, my guest this week, Lasers, Lasers, Birmingham, which is really one guy. Alex Owen is his name. He writes really great songs. He's got a really cool new EP. Just came out relatively recently. Four songs on that EP, I think, called Royal Blue. Yep. And we're going to hear the title track from that. Just to give you guys a little taste of what this sounds like so you know what we're talking about. So instead of when we're talking about the weather and replicating cassettes and Canadian things like that. So uh, this is uh, Lasers, Lasers, Birmingham. The song is Royal Blue on Independence Day. There was a time I could dream in color Of gold and royal blue Ever since we fell out of tune It's been a series of grays and hues She could paint Laurel Canyon A Kelly Green Smell of a genuine man 
position and style And ever since we fell out over the theme I haven't been inspired to smile Lasers, Lasers, Birmingham, Los Angeles-based band. Kind of a collective, kind of one guy doing his thing. Uh, most of the time, he's writing and playing all the instruments himself, but this time he reached out to some friends uh, to make this new record. It's called Royal Blue. You can pick it up at LasersLasersBirmingham.com. Also, he's on Bandcamp and Twitter. It's pretty easy to find. Alex, welcome. Thanks. Thanks. Good to be here. So happy to have you, man. Uh, so I want to know, you know, you had made... That first cassette, it was all your own stuff, which is kind of, I was going to say a glorified demo, but I don't mean that in a pejorative sense. Well, no, I mean, it, it, in ways it was, in ways it wasn't, you know, like I definitely recorded, recorded it at home, you know, right. and uh, drove my neighbors insane, but... Uh, Got good neighbors? Yeah, I mean, they may not think that I'm a great neighbor, but, you know, I'm always singing and playing and banging on something. Yeah, so. well, that's, it's funny though, the neighbors are funny that way. I have yeah. very, very good neighbors. There was a period there for about nine months where I had the worst possible it's like it's, literally it's like living next door to Edie. i mean oh it was sweet <laughs> terrible and i'm not you know i'm not a lot of hyperbole in that anybody who knows me knows what i'm talking about it was a horrific experience wow. police being called and i don't mean for playing music whoa i mean for doing nothing so i mean i even want to talk about it because like it just lets the bad juju into the room sure but she's gone to where i don't know and don't care right. um but my neighbors have been very 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 great because i do this show here i've recorded overdubbed albums here my neighbor nice. is upstairs the people get it right in the teeth most of the time they're like yeah don't stop we love it Nice. They that's love great. live music, and that's that's, it's a beautiful thing. So, but when you went to do this next record, did you know going into the to it that you wanted to have other people involved? You know, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, being able to do everything by yourself is nice, but it's a double edged sword because you're kind of you're limited by your own ability and your own ideas, and you know, just to bring that that's collaboration. You know, it just always makes it better. And so this time, you know, I kind of reached out to some friends and recorded in their studio and and found found players to help me kind of 
really get the songs, the sound that I was hearing in my head, I could actually get out for the first right. time where, you know, I can record a million demos and I'm still, it's still just me playing guitar solos or the bass lines or something like that, you know, like right. bringing in someone who's their main passion and focus is to play bass or pedal steel yeah. or sing harmonies. It just, it just explodes the idea into a million different great ways. Right. And they bring something more than just the playing too. Yeah. They bring a spirit, they bring a feel, they bring yeah. an interpretation of what you're doing that you may have not even thought of before, which is my Absol- favorite thing about Absolutely. And it feels like there's, you know, four or five people in the room instead of just, you know, overdubbing on top of yourself a million right. times. Right. And, you know, and then everybody's got their different facets to their own personality. So when you're doing it, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to, I like, I, I like to call it like my bass player hat. Like, I love playing bass on things, especially other people's music. It's just really, really fun. I'm primarily a guitar player, but, you know, I'm not just going to, like, play it like a guitar with four strings that's down an octave or two. Like, I'm going to approach it completely from a different place. Like, what? how does this fit the song? How does sure. this fit what I'm trying to do? And I, I like that exercise, you know, getting out of the way. Like, the bass player for me is the glue that holds a band together. Yeah, oh, certainly. You know, the, you, don't go, you don't play bass because you want glory. <laughs> you know, unless you're Sting or Jaco Pastorius, but sure. they, whatever they do, they would have found a way for the to find the glory. But, right, right. Um, so then, you know, when you, you know, your friends probably knew that you'd done a lot of stuff on your own before. Like, how what was the reception from them when you this phone like you called people? Like, what, what you know, did you get no's? Did you get yeses right away? Um, yeah, I kind of just got yeses. You know, like you know they were, you know, I, I worked with friends and then friends of friends that I hadn't met. So it was kind of a combination of two, and it was it was great. It was a great experience. You know, like. You know, it just it just wasn't just me all all the time, right? <laughs> you know, it was great, and you know, there's so many talented people in this city that it just it it blows my mind every day. You know, like, it really is. You know, this is a kind of a cliche phrase, but it really is an embarrassment of riches. There's so it's basically based on who you can afford, and people who don't live in LA don't really realize this. I don't think, and maybe other towns are like this too. But there are so many players, and there are some world class players who you can hire. Yeah. For not too terribly much money. And you'd be surprised the type of people you can get to play in your session. Now, you generally have to know someone to ask them. You don't just like cold call them. Certainly. You know, but I know some folks who are in major bands playing stadium tours. So you can call up and it might be their keyboard player and say, hey, you know, would you come do the session for 50, you know, for 100 bucks or 200 bucks, you know, and they may come down and do it. And if they like it, they may even give you a break on some more stuff. Yeah. Or it might be just the guy you stand next to in line for coffee every That's day. That's too. It just you know you just they run might be the same people. guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, you just never know uh, how that's going to work out. So I want to play. You've got, you've got your guitar here. Sure. Uh, we've got some stuff set up. We've got the elaborate studio set up here at the Independence Day World Headquarters. Um, so what's this first song going to be? Tell me a little bit about uh, this. So one. this one's on the the new EP Royal Blue, but it's called "The Hard Man to Please." It's uh, it's kind of a country tune. Okay. So uh, yeah. These are all on this new EP, the Royal Blue EP. They're largely country influenced. So when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, perfect. First, let's hear this. So this is Alex Owen, also known as Lasers, Lasers Birmingham. This is his track, Hard Man to Please, on Independence Day. Stop all your crying So you got left behind You can always run home Every road's got a sign In the days of 49 with your bare hands in a stream If you wanna fly with me, baby You better sprout some wings You gotta lay it on thick Cause I'm a hard man to please Hard man to please 
all you got Not one drop more Thank you for the bottle But we need the whole damn store Cause thirsty people They're angry people You better let that right girl sing If you wanna fly with me baby You better sprout some wings You gotta lay it on thick Cause I'm a hard man to please Gotta look the part without putting on any airs. You can suck it out of the room when you start with all them tears. And this all feels like desperation. You're cropped in my cream. If you wanna fly with me, baby, you better sprout some wings. You gotta lay it on thick. Cause I'm a hard man to please My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you so much for listening to Independence Day. We come to you Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, you can learn about us at indepday.com, I-N-D-E-P-D-A-Y.com. Also, indepday.com slash iTunes. Every one of these episodes is available on iTunes. We're doing a new thing these days. We're doing fast-forward episodes, which are artists who have previously been on the show. They come back in. We play a couple songs and uh, just check in and see what they're up to. So make sure you drop by indepday.com to hear the fast-forward episodes because those are not on iTunes as of yet. We haven't found an elegant way to pull that off. So this week's guest is Lasers, Lasers, Birmingham, Los Angeles-based band from a musician named Alex Owen. You grew up in uh, Springfield, Missouri. I did. Correct? And then it's he the kind of tumbled west to uh, Phoenix, and now he's in L.A. He did a cassette EP a couple years ago where he played all the instruments himself, and now he's got a new record with some of his friends called Royal Blue, and that's a song from that. Very, very cool, man. Thanks, thanks. So tell me, stylistically speaking, so you know, looking back at you and what you've done so far, like other bands you've been involved with, I looked it up, Vanish Valley, yeah, which is kind of like a teenage fan club-y kind of thing, Absolutely, it seems yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, we Fear the, Fear the Bees, which I couldn't find any music from them. Was, yeah, that was, uh, that was back in Phoenix, and that was almost like uh, if, if Shins and Elliot Smith and management all had a baby. Okay, okay. so kind of indie, more indie Yeah, more indie, kind of, yeah, weird stuff. So the yeah. question I have is now, how did you get from kind of indie-sounding power pop music to something which is fairly traditional country? Like in that last song we just played, if you listen to the version that's on Royal Blue, it sounds a little more traditional country, but this one, it, you, that could almost be a Johnny Cash song. Sure. It's yeah. got like that kind of train beat going yeah, on. Yeah, the there. train so, beat, yeah. So where did that come from? Is it something from Missouri, from your background? Or? Uh, yeah, you know, like, you know, growing up in Missouri, I was really into bluegrass and like the Grateful Dead and stuff like that. And, you know, some of that has always kind of stuck with all my projects that I've done, but, you know, part of trying to get away from doing everything myself was was really focusing on the songs and really focusing on music as communication of what I'm trying to communicate to people, you know, emotionally or lyrically. And, you know, country, what I love about it is just it, it's so direct. You know, there's never any mistaking it when you hear it. You know exactly what's going on. It's this, it's this great format to celebrate the struggle, you know. And uh, oftentimes the narrator is... Is the person who lost the battle? They right. say, you know, they, you know, they always say like history is told by the the victors. Well, I feel like country music is always told from the perspective of the guy who lost, and I and I think that just that that always kind of resonated with me. And you know, I know my experiences aren't vastly different than everybody else's. You know, how I interpret them might be, but you uh, didn't uh, murder your lover and throw her in the creek. Uh, 
I'm not fessing to any of that. Which you is, know. you know, that's kind of, I guess I'm referencing like all these sure, classic country sure. themes like you go through there and you listen to like these Leuven Brothers songs. And it's like, man, you'd be serving like a hundred life sentences oh, if you killed half the people that you talk about killing <laughs> your songs. <laughs> right. But I mean, yeah, like, but I mean, what I, what I'm trying to do is, you know, take these kind of like heartbroken, emotional things that are very central to country and kind of talking about kind of this modern sensibility of like, you know, you can be heartbroken, but the way George Jones experiences heartbreak in 1975 is going to be different than how I do it. George yeah. Jones never got a breakup text. But yeah, no one ever broke up with George Jones over Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Right. But, you know, in, in Royal Blue, the, the the song, you know, I talk about, you know, like, I, I you know, I've got blue running through a monochrome filter. You know, right. like that's, I think when you, in the modern era, you know, like you're you're so focused on what's going on online, you know, like you see an X having a good time on Instagram and like that just can send you right. off or something. But you know, it's these same, well, the, to touch on what you were saying before, I mean, it's the country music is those universal feelings that everybody, yeah. and then to a large degree, all music is like that. Sure. But I do think that there's something elemental about country music in itself where it kind of takes you back, you know, sure you can foist, different things you know it's hard to like like the bench seat in a pickup truck is a great example i like to use <laughs> right. it's hard to find a pickup truck with a bench seat anymore sure. but that's like a country thing yeah right yeah. and it, it ties into a lot of country themes like i learned this really recently you know why people's cowboy hats are bent up at the sides is because they'd have three or four people sitting in the bench seat of a pickup truck i never <laughs> knew that until great. recently that's people hilarious. started bending them up when they had to fit more dudes into the into a truck <laughs> You know, it's like you get now the that's trucks amazing. are all fancy they're like cadillacs they have right. bucket seats and air conditioning and satellite this and meow 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 but you know, these country themes going back to time immemorial, you know, it's American folk music. Sure, yeah. Really, you know, a lot of it's, you know, Anglo, kind of British, those Isles, Irish traditional folk songs. And, yeah, certainly. Uh, kind of filtered through, you know, adds in some some slave work songs and some things like that, and it becomes this weird art form. Right, right. And, I mean, I think any roots music really is just kind of saying it's this building block that is available for you to to grow in your own experiences, you know, like it, it's a natural progression for someone to write a country song about an Instagram filter. Yeah. In my mind, you know, like yeah. it just, you know, just like you're saying with the cowboy hats, like that was the reality in 1955, you know, it's always a weird moment when you hear that in a song where it kind of brings you, especially if these styles that reference older styles, sure. you know, revisionist country, traditionalist yeah. country, that kind of thing. And they, they talk about getting an email, you know, like, <laughs> or like, like Gillian Welch singing about, her laptop, for right. example, would feel kind of weird, right? Right, right. But, you know, she has a song, you know, essentially about Napster. It's called Everything is Free. And, <laughs> you know, this is from 10 years ago when everything started to be free again. And I, I met her one time and had the good fortune. It's like, hey, you know, it's kind of a dopey question. I was like, hey, is that song about Napster? And her answer was, it's not not about Napster. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I certainly great. respect that answer. But uh, but you figure, like, every every generation has that thing that kind of makes it there. Sure. You know, sure. they listen to the people before them because that's where they learn how to do it. Yeah. And then they add in their own stuff on top of it. Right. And I think that's where kind of cra the songwriting craft comes in where, you know, you need to find a way and figure out a way to make it sound, you know, resonate with your listeners without sounding cheesy or goofy or out of place. Like, yeah, like right. singing a country song about a laptop. It, it could be jarring if it's not kind of done correctly. Right. You know? But anything, you can say that about anything. Like yeah. A ham-fistedly written song is going to be lame regardless of what Certainly. they're singing about. But that's Certainly. the thing. I mean, you have a, you have you do have a deft touch 
with the writing. We'll talk more about writing in a minute. Um, but I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on country. But before we hear another song and before we give up talking yeah. about country music, because <laughs> I still want to, I'm still not entirely sure how you got from indie music okay. to country music. Like, was is this something you said you listened to bluegrass a little bit? Yeah, like, like, well, and you're, okay. Here's the question. I guess sure. let's come at it from this sure. this way. What kind of music were they playing at high school parties when you were in high school? Oh, I mean, terrible. Like, I hated the music at high school parties. Uh, you know, I, they were, you know, just whatever dance music was available in 1998, which okay. was, was kind of a, a, a wasteland. So, like, TLC? Is that what they were playing? Uh, like, I don't even know. I was man, not I, listening to dance music in yeah, 1998. Um, yeah, neither was I. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think really... One the one realization that I had uh, was was that a lot of my delivery and some of my the way I approach songwriting comes a lot from this guy Jerry Jeff Walker, mm-hmm. and I, I love his stuff. And I, I would listen to him a ton in high school and college, and that's one thing that I never stopped listening to. And my parents were huge Willie Nelson and Jerry Jeff Walker fans, and I think that's kind of how it started. Where like I was noticing I was writing these tunes. And I was like, wow, this feels a lot like a country song. What yeah, if I yeah, just yeah. kind of explored that? And like, and also trying to like refine my focus of like, you know, this is what the music's telling me. Right. I'm just going to go with it. Instead of yeah, like, yeah. instead of just trying to bring in every color in the rainbow into this painting. Yeah. You know, real creative energy, I think, really gets going when you limit yourself. You limit your yeah. scope. You know, think of like, I always think of like something like Jack White where he was like, okay, I'm going to limit myself where I'm only going to have drums and guitar and I'm only going to have red, white, and black, and everything's going to be based around that little box, mm-hmm. you know. And if you bring in all the colors of the rainbow, it just starts to get muddy a little bit. Yeah. And so I diffused. really wanted to just focus on writing, focus on communicating what the music was telling me, and just just block out all the other noise because I was really bad about just slapping all yeah. sorts of influences together. Was it interesting for you? Because I, I use this phrase in my own life, like testing positive for country. <laughs> yeah because country was very uncool when i grew up in suburban chicago you know because when i was growing up i mean it was like randy travis and kenny rogers and like country had reached that kind of 80s sheen like just before garth brooks oh, wow. so country had that kind of sheen of of i don't even know what you'd call it because it wasn't pop country yet that didn't really quite exist yet so in some regards it was you know poop kicking Right. But it wasn't honky tonk either, right? Right, because right? that old school honky tonk stuff was around. And then Dwight Yoakam started to kind of show up, but even he sounded shiny in the eighties. Yeah, this is pre Garth Brooks before pop took over country, right. or vice versa. Um, so like like I remember the moment for me, like all of a sudden, like testing positive for country, you know, f- like wanting to play that sort of strums, rather than rock, because I grew up on like Van Halen and Pink Floyd yeah. and, and Zeppelin and sure. Zeppelin rules. Well, Zeppelin, there's so much bluegrass in Zeppelin. There's yeah. so much bluegrass in Zeppelin. Well, they have blues in general. I yeah, mean, they yeah. were very influenced. All those British cats were. Yeah, but I mean, I guess when I tested positive for country, uh, you know, I started to realize, I was like, oh, wow, all these Grateful Dead songs I like are just Merle Haggard songs. <laughs> so, you know, then I just started listening to Merle Haggard a ton and... And then that just, you know, spiraled. So it was Merle, Jerry Jeff Walker, and a handful of others that yeah. kind of got you into this. Now, the next question I have before I want to I want to get another song out of you sure. is, you know, in your kind of like indie kind of scene that you were involved with before, like, was there, was did anyone give you like this, the stink eye or like, hey, uh, that's kind of weird that Alex is playing twangy music or did that even happen at all? Uh, not so much. I mean, there's always been a little twang in what I've done, you know, like... Uh, 
in other bands, I've played banjo a little bit and just tried okay. to always. There, there's always been a little, a little ray of that kind of down home in what I've done, and then yeah. now I've just kind of turned that ray into like a spotlight. Yeah, and just just really focused in on that one little bit of it. Yeah, and it feels good, you know. No, it's cool, and you do it well, and you pick the right players too. I think to execute this on the EP. Um, so let's hear another tune here. I think this next song is also from Royal Blue. What's this next one, man? Uh, yeah, this is uh, any way you slice it. You know, it's it's not as country, but uh, it's a good one. Tell me a little bit about it. Like, what's its inspiration? Sure. You know, it's kind of uh, it's a little bit about just being addicted to things. You know, not 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 in a dark way, but just I think we all we all have that thing, whether it's our phone or coffee or something benign. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just it's a routine. I'm not sure that the addiction to phone is benign. <laughs> okay, fair enough. At least it's not in my life, man. I'm trying to get away from it. I'm trying to get away from it too. It's the tough. problem with that is, I'm sorry to like doing a little quick no, little no, side note no. here, but it's it's replaced like 18 things that I used to carry around. Oh yeah. So it's simplified things. So I used to use these different devices, probably this, you know the same or a similar amount of time. It's just now it's all one thing, but it's very distracting. It is. Like I found, like I go in to check one thing, like oh I got to check and see if I got that email. But then while I'm in there, it's like oh I'll just check Facebook and I might as well just put that picture on Instagram and, totally. and like, what's going on in Periscope and meow 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 meow. Next yeah. thing you know, it's like an hour later. Yeah, I mean I think that just being present and being in the moment is such a rare thing anymore, and it just. Uh I really value times when I can just be in the moment. Yeah. Because I don't get a lot of it. Yeah. Or enough of it. I'll tell you a little story about that right when we come back. But first, right. let's hear this song. This is yeah. uh, Lasers, Lasers, Birmingham. The song is Any Way You Slice It on Independence Day. And hang your hat on The helium and radon the alchemy man just sets the scene And drop me from above On the flight I'll drink the view of The end of another bottle of Ben's a dream And every Wednesday I'm on the streets and I'm feeling mean Any way you slice it is just another routine. And hotel by the docks, I watch the sailors when they get off with cash in hand and waiting to blow some steam. And karaoke dives. Where my confidence comes alive Kick back a few I'll be singing like the Supremes I got a rousing rendition of you Keep me holding on I got two lungs for hope A baby love And staring out the space hatch you know I'm stuck in flight and even though I get by I'm up here all the time the strangest of reflections in a shaft of light I watch them all roll by I'm up here all Time. 
tied to the tracks When the villain he gets back A fight ensues and the sidekick had a hunch In every ghost story You gotta go with your gut And any way you slice it You know it's just dumb luck Saying any way you slice it, you know it's just dumb luck. My name is Joe Armstrong. The band's name is Lasers Lasers Birmingham. You can find them at laserslasersbirmingham.com. Also, facebook.com slash laserslasersbirmingham. They're also on Bandcamp. Uh, same thing. Let's see. Lasers. Wait, how does it? Bandcamp's always backwards. They put the band name first. Yep. I can never get my head around that. So it's yep. laserslasersbirmingham.bandcamp.com. And my favorite, though, is the Twitter. Because that's impossible for me to get this out without tripping over my tongue. So at go. L underscore L underscore Birmingham. Yep. Not so bad. Not so bad. I'll make you work for it. Not so bad. Well, it's good. It's memorable. Yeah. It's a memorable <laughs> name. I, I was thinking about it like, as I was abbreviating it, like doing notes, writing like my pre-production. Like I called it LL Birmingham. Yep. Which sounds like, to me, it sounds like a law office in Montgomery, Alabama. <laughs> you know, when you Google lasers, lasers, Birmingham, it's me. You get me. And then you get a million tattoo removal places. Uh huh. So you know, I, I thought that I was like in kind of good internet company. Yeah. There, <laughs> of course. <laughs> the regret, basically. Yeah. Re- well, I mean, country music makes- regret. You know, like yeah. Exactly. It's a universal emotion. It's <laughs> the way to go. go. We were talking about this before, right before we went to the song. In that, like, finding a way to unplug. Yeah. In the modern world, because we use this technology for everything, including making our music consuming our music, finding other people's music, commuting with people that we love, staying in touch, staying connected yeah. uh, in a good way. Um, I was recently in Yosemite National Park uh, where there is kind of service. I'm kind of sad when I do have service, but then I was a while, completely off the grid in the backcountry for a couple days. That's awesome. And I think it took a long time just to kind of like get it out of your system or out of my system. And it felt really good when I finally did. I've got a concept, I call it 90s Amish. <laughs> I want to be 90s Amish sometimes. Right. Where it's like, because the Amish, I feel like kind of, they used technology, they just used mechanical technology sure. up to a certain point and then they just got off on that technological exit and that was that. Yeah. Like, why can't I be 90s Amish? Yeah. That, yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. Use all technology that was developed until the, such time that, you know, I guess they kind of were cell phones, but they were like bag phones. They were like those Korean war phones where you like wind <laughs> you it up. You have to dial them, right? <laughs> you wind it up, you know, fire for effect, coordinates on my mark. <laughs> Um, so for, so for Lasers, Lasers, Birmingham and this, this new project, newish project, a few years old, uh, is there, is there an overall goal that you're trying to accomplish? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really just wanted to be able to use music as, as a device to really just communicate, you know, like I know a lot of times in the other bands that I've led or, or, or songwriting things I've done is. You know, people were like, "Oh, that's great," but I, I didn't really understand where you're going, coming from, or it was hard to pin down some influences or something like that. Not that I wanted to just, you know, cut and paste someone else's influence, but the goal really is to just make sure there's no mistakes about what you're getting. You know? Okay, like you know, like you hear pedal steel, and you you know you hear the the boom chicka strumming patterns and the train beat, and and you know the aesthetic is is a pure country, perhaps. Perhaps the sentiment sentiment might be a little bit different, you know, like where you know it's still a heartbreak song, or it's still you know a, a, a raucous honky tonk song, but 
it's more there, there's there, there's a foot in the modern world and right. where where you know like it's not 100% just revivalism or something. Yeah, well there's that weird thing, you know, I talk with uh, I'm a friend Brian Whelan is a friend of mine. Oh, he's great. Excellent musician. He's great. And we kind of joke about sometimes like everybody wants to be and he referenced this in one of his songs too. It's like everybody looks like they're in the Civil War these days. Right. <laughs> which <laughs> was awesome truth. when you were the band and it was 1970. Right. Right. Like or whatever, and you know, and some of my friends do that, and that's Certainly. cool because it's a cool aesthetic, and it's like it tells you right away what you're yeah. what you're about musically, and that's fine. It gives people a point of reference and a place to start. Um, but at the same time, it's like, dude, I hate to break this to you, <laughs> but you're not in the Civil War. Right. You live in Silver Lake. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. you live above a, a, a cold brew coffee shop, right. which is very 2016. Very. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, yeah, like authenticity has diminishing returns. I mean, like if you're trying really, really hard to capture the sound and the and the appearance of 1960, then you're not. I mean, the guys in yeah. 1960 were, were just doing what came natural. So right. the but best thing would, to do is just come natural. But it's funny though, because I mean, it's maybe it's subjective or, or it's a sliding skill because it works for me when Gillian Welch does that. Like she wears an old school dress, and uh, uh, what's his name, her partner oh, and yeah. guitar player. Oh, John Rawlings, uh, David Rawlings, David Rawlings, David Rawlings. When David, you know, they wear like kind of old timey stuff, and David sure. wears a hat and a kind of a cool suit, and they his guitars from like nineteen thirty six yeah. or thirty nine yeah. or whatever, and hers is an old guitar too, and they come out and they do it, and it's this revisionist thing, and so it works in that regard in some way. So it's like who's to say? Like let's let's yeah. let's talk. Let's examine that authenticity you mentioned just sure. a little bit, because um, I think that's a really fascinating topic. Because in in like alt country, which is right. kind of what almost all country that guys like you and I would listen to these days yeah. sort of would because even Dwight Con- Dwight Yoakam is kind of alternative country in a certainly, way certainly certainly um, those Johnny Cash records that he did with Rick Rubin are kind of alt country yeah. in a way so like in alt country or no depression Americana whatever you want to call it, like authenticity is such a really really big thing yeah. is it something that you can like develop and farm or do you just have it or not have it what's your opinion I think it has a lot to do with just what you're trying to do you know your intention you know, I mean, if you think about like the outlaw country guys, like Waylon and Willie, like they were doing their own brand of what was alt country at the time because they were veering away from Nashville and they just wanted to do their own thing. And I think that really is just kind of the trick is doing what sounds good to you, taking the components of what you love and trying to smash them into something that kind of can only come from you. Right. And then that's kind of it. It's, it's, I'm really guilty of overthinking it, you know, yeah. overthinking everything. Right. And, you know, this was, you know, trying to just stick with a country as a country platform that just kind of just is very communicative and sounds and has a has a rhythm of, of just talking in a conversation. Yeah. Keeping it conversational. Well, and listening to the EP, there's an there's an intimacy to it. Yeah, certainly. That I that that I perceived and it sounded, you know, r- it sounded not I was gonna say it sounded like you're trying to do country, but I, try, I should remove the word trying. Right, you're you're allowing yourself. Maybe yeah. is a better way to do that. You're allowing yourself to visit those stylistic boundaries. And you mentioned this before, like you wanted some restrictions. Yeah. I honestly think restrictions are good for yeah, art. Absolutely, and especially in a world where you can multi-track on your cell phone. Yeah, and you can buy plugins that sound like anybody's reverb for a hundred dollars or less. And and so to to impose those limitations, I think is good for creativity. Yeah, certainly. I mean. I know when I was when we were tracking this, I was working with uh, Jake Posner, who's great. He was in a band called The Breakups, and uh, he produced it and was kind of like my psychologist through all of it too. Because I was always trying to like insert something weird and left field, and he was always kind of being like, "Hey, maybe we should just pull the reins back a little bit and 
and helping me stay in the box a lot. Yeah. And because it, it's my, that's my go-to move is to like, oh, let's, let's put synthesizer next to the pedal steel. Yeah. And it's like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe yeah. we don't need synthesizer. Well, Sturgill song. Simpson comes up when people start thinking about that as a sure. guy who was, it's funny because it, he sounds very at once traditional in his vocal style. Yeah. Um, but he's also not afraid to, you know, really kind of smash the genre box yeah. and do whatever he thinks feels right at the time. And he's earned the right to do that, I feel like, in a yeah. way. Yeah. Because um, it's both traditional and not traditional at the same time. And there's a lot of that. You know, sure. Beck is a great example yeah. of that. Like, yeah, I think he's, uh, for, for white people at least, he's the most astute mashup guy who has taken kind of all what's come before and served up an album. Like, you know, he had the, uh, uh, um, uh, morning phase right the yeah, record that he great. won the grammy for yeah. like I, I guess i like it better this is a personal thing but i like it better when bush or bush <laughs> i have nothing i have nothing to say about the band but <laughs> i like it when Beck is in maudlin mode okay right when he's he's kind of emotional and there's sweeping kind of haunting yeah. reverb drenched things yeah, you know totally. but then when he you know and I, and I like it when he does the groove thing too but I, he loses me a little more when he gets into that Right, you know, uh, you know, some people just kind of a wheelhouse of how they express themselves. When it just yeah. comes out, you just they're able to to get it over on the audience better, you know. Like, right. And I felt that you know, like with these set of tunes, I was able to, yeah, just I was able to express myself in a right. more concise, clear manner, where people were like, "Oh yeah, I get it now." <laughs> right. Right. So now, talk to me about like when you play these songs live. Sure. Is this, are you doing more solo shows? You know, right now I'm doing a lot of solo shows. I've played a couple shows with a full band, but, um, you know, I, until playing solo shows kind of stops being fun for me, you know, I'm going to keep on doing it because for the longest time I, I had some hesitancy with doing just solo acoustic shows because, you know, you know, white guy with a beard and a guitar, you know, oh, another one, right? Right. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, like ten on before you and ten on exactly. After you. But but what I what I kind of found is that you know that's that's a device, and like like anything else, like there's guys who can do it really well, and if and if you can write songs that that the audience can can feel that they're inside, and the audience feels that you're down in the trenches with them in this experience, then it's actually really rewarding, and it's this incredible thing where you can be really quiet and captivate a lot of people at the same time. Yeah. You know, where it's like I just love. I love going to see plays, right? Because unlike recorded music, it's this experience that happens once and you don't get it anymore and it's not on YouTube and well, I guess sometimes it can't be, but it's not supposed to. Right. And you know like if if the guy flubs a line in the th in the third act, you know that's in there for real. Like right. you can't just punch in and remove it or something and we're all in this thing together and we're all having this shared experience. And and I, I feel like I've been successful lately in, in trying to really like focus on being down in the audience with the people that are watching me play, rather than I see a lot of people like this. Is, this it's a one way conversation. It's like these are my songs, and here they are. Right. And like I don't know, like it, it's it's really intangible and really difficult to articulate. I'm, I'm probably I'm, I'm not killing it at it, but no, I, I get it. I, th I think I know where you're going in terms of you know one guy who did this to to great effect, whether you like his music or not, was Justin Vernon from uh, Bon Iver. Sure. Yeah. Um, as I understand it, when he was getting started, you know, he was playing just around in people's houses somehow. Yeah. And somehow got enough like gravity that it started to kind of co, you know, become cohesive. Um, and, you know, he would play these shows and he would print out his lyrics. I have no idea how he got his audience huh. to do this, but he would print out his lyrics and like hand them out. Huh. 
huh. at the show, like to the people beforehand. You know, you couldn't do that playing at the, the, the Wiltern, <laughs> right? But uh, you know, or Staples Center, or whatever. Sure, sure. Um, but you, you know, he would print them out so that people could sing along. That's a good idea. And it was really, really fascinating to me, like whether you like the guy or not. Like that was a brilliant way to like bridge that gap, right? Between between the artist and the audience, and now the way music is, I really think there's a resurgence in more. I don't want to say acoustic music because that's too simple. It's not what I'm getting at, but I think there's a resurgence in music that creates that connection yeah. rather than separates the connection. Because for a while, when the internet first came out, uh, it was all about like OK Computer. Yeah, your radio had like that, like singing about that distance that we've got. The, the technology distances us from mm-hmm. each other yeah. and from other things. But now I think there's a longing to kind of be in the same room and to break down that wall. Um, and you know, different artists are dealing with that in different ways. Sure. I mean, I think, you know, like I, th- I think everyone kind of looks for something that's fresh or new. And I think the more time we spend kind of like hunched over our phones, yeah. there, there's somewhere in the evolutionary little back 40 of our brain that, that wants to just like, have a hoot nanny with no, with candles and no lights and no computers yeah. and just house concerts. House concerts, like yeah, like I always think like, man, how are we going to make this music if the if the power goes out? Oh yeah. well, you know, we're going to do it anyway. Because... I would do anything for a barn. Yeah, right. To have yeah. a barn, you know. Yes. When I grew up in suburban Chicago, uh, right at the at that time, it was like the edge of civilization. Everything <laughs> west of where I grew up at that time. I uh, was about thirty miles west of Chicago, and everything west of me was like the Mississippi River and then the Rocky Mountains. Like that was it. It was all cornfields and bean fields and lightning bugs and thunderstorms. Right. You know, as you got a little farther west, there were some tumbleweeds, but you get the idea. Sure. <laughs> and there were a lot of abandoned barns around. And like we used to just go in there like every day. And we would always say like, this, what a great venue this would be. Right. Put the stage at one end, you know, it's big enough to get some people in there and it would still be intimate. And the wood kind of makes it feel personal, you know, in a way. Because all this stuff was alive. This building was alive. These were living things yeah. at one point. Sure. Just like the guitars were, just like we are. And man, what I would kill for a barn out here. Neil Young swears by him. Yeah. He loves him. Well, Neil Young can afford a barn. Well, certainly. Neil certainly. can afford whatever he wants. Yeah. You know, but, I, but again, <laughs> you shouldn't let money stop what you, what you want to do in your life. But, but real estate in Los Angeles is a, big, is a big mountain to climb. Yeah. Yeah. So no barns anytime soon. No barns anytime but, uh, soon. I'm going to say one more story. I'm talking yeah, way too much. No, but I, no. I just keep thinking about these concepts of sure. like how to be intimate with our audience. And I don't mean like in a touchy-feely, sexy times kind of way. I mean like uh, artistically intimate with our, sure. our audience. I was at a bar. Uh, maybe three or four years ago, uh, down near downtown. It was a weeknight. It was very hot. It was like kind of late summer time of the year, not unlike now in Los Angeles. And from time to time, when it gets really hot in LA, there's like these rolling blackouts where yeah. there's just too many people running their AC at, at once, and boom, the power goes off. And the power went off in the bar. The whole point of this is the tapping system still works. So we can still get drinks, we can still pour drinks. Yeah. You know, they had candles, they lit some candles, and everybody, a lot of people stayed. And someone out of somewhere, out of nowhere, pulls a guitar out from behind the bar. And so we just sat around, and we were playing songs to each other in this bar. No TVs were on to distract us in the background. No phones to distract. I guess the phones still worked, but like smartphones weren't quite a thing at this point. It was just far enough that the iPhone wasn't quite what it is now. So you couldn't just go on the internet right away and distract yourself with that. But uh, no televisions, no music in the background, no blinking lights, no nothing. Just us in this bar. And I was like, man... This feels great. So I hatched this idea to have like parties where there's no electricity allowed. Oh, that's awesome. Like literally turn the power off. Everybody has to put their phone in a bag yeah. and just sit there. So you, we should do that. You and I will host yeah, it. Sure. That sounds great. Anytime you're ready. We'll play. Yeah. We'll headline. We'll headline. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think that, and also, you know, when, when you're kind of like plugged in, I say that with quotes, 
like you're just distracted, you know, like I don't think, I don't think people get together and just listen to music. Yeah. Like, as that is the primary form of entertainment. Like we have vinyl parties here. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't think there's vinyl parties. Like I can't remember the last time, like I was like, Oh, I just got this, this CD or like, I just got this music from yeah, the store yeah. and I haven't heard it yet. I don't know anything about it. Let's sit in a room together in the quiet and listen to it and look at the album artwork. The communal experience. Yeah. Like that, like I haven't done, I've, I don't know if I've ever done that. Like, I don't think not, anybody not in the last twenty years, you know, younger than even forty, will have any concept of what it's like to to even imagine what it was like to like get a new Beatles record, yeah, or a new Zeppelin record. That's way before my time. Sure, was, sure. But I can I was close enough to it that I can remember what that was like. Like you you you'd get a record on your way home from school, yeah, and your buddies had come because you got the new record from whatever, yep, whichever band, and you'd sit down, and you'd just sit and listen to it, yeah. I yeah. love that kind of thing. I love that too. And you know, like that's a whole different kind of coming together that, you know, like it's yeah. just hard to, hard to wrangle in this town at least, you know. Well, it's hard to wrangle in anybody's town. I mean, they have the internet everywhere, man. Even, <laughs> even Mississippi has the internet. Oh, do they? <laughs> they do. So, so I've heard. Yeah. All right. How about another song, man? Yeah. You've been ta- I've been, I've been, I'm sorry. I apologize. I feel like I'm talking too no, much, but no, I'm getting man, all these. You, you've inspired me to talk about oh, this whole good. like. See, perfect. I've been, artistic I've been doing intimacy my job. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so maybe you should be interviewing me. So, Alex, uh, what's next, man? What's so, this, next uh, this is a this is a brand new one. Uh, it's called Wild Animals. New new song. New new song. Brand brand spanking new, hot off the presses. And what uh, kind of animals are we going to hear about? Like platypi or quatamundi uh, or human? Okay, the wild human animal. Okay, so this is the band Lasers Lasers Birmingham, aka Alex Owen. Let's dig this on Independence Day. It's a new one. It's called uh, Wild Animals. We could throw those parties that would make the Caesars blush And cocaine and orgies right in the middle of Sunday brunch And we made age 20 years and five Not a bad deal for a good time But we was all young once we were wild animals When did acting dumb Stop being so much fun We was all young once We were wild animals When did acting dumb When did acting dumb When did acting dumb Stop being so much fun when the Hungarian gangster He offers you a little speed And you don't turn him down Out of hospitality And all my Fridays slide into next week Call it a death wish Call it invincibility But we was all young once We were wild animals when did acting dumb stop being so much fun? We was all young once. We were wild animals. When did acting dumb? When did acting dumb? When did acting dumb stop being so much fun? No one here among us is mindful and action or deed. Step up to get your lecture on politics and poetry. Cause whatever comes up comes stumbling out. 
worst kind of pornography, man, it leaves her mouth. But we was all young once. We were wild animals. When did acting dumb stop being so much fun? We was all young once. We were wild animals. When did acting dumb? When did acting dumb? My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you for listening to Independence Day. Tune in Wednesday night, 7 p.m., but you can listen to them anytime you want, anytime at all. We live in an on-demand world. This show is no exception. They go live at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights, but you can check them out anytime you want, and I hope that you do. There's a lot of really great music here. Forget that I'm even here. I'm even, I know I talk too much, but there are a really just a cadre of great musicians that you should really check out. There's so many, 100 and approaching 70 episodes now over the last five and a half years almost, and I'm proud to know each and every one of them. And I've had to add this to our legion, Lasers, Lasers, Birmingham, Los Angeles-based band, Alex. Thank you, man. Yeah, thanks. Lasers, Lasers, Birmingham.com is where you'll find them. I feel like I'm saying that really fast. Lasers, Lasers, Birmingham. Hey, and where you can get it out. You know? Exactly. As long as you remember it. Yeah. I, I was told people like, I want to write songs with choruses so memorable that they, they get stuck in your head at the show. Yep. You're singing them in on the way home. Yep. Wake up, and you're singing it in the shower the next day. And then back in the day, you used to say it's in your head all the way till you go to the record store after work the next day, but now there's no record store. So just buy it wherever you want. Just Yeah, just buy it. Buy the music. Uh, one thing I want to talk about, this is something I noticed listening to the new EP, Royal Blue, and then listening to your, was it the most recent band, uh, Vanish Valley? Yeah. Are you still yeah. involved with that? I am, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, so yeah, you're kind of double play, dipping. Yeah, I still uh, I play keyboards and sing backups and stuff. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Okay, it's kind of a, like a teenage fan club sounding yeah, poppy, you know, power like, pop kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, we're really into like Big Star and yeah. Tom Petty and Wilco. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's really cool stuff. And there's a really great video. What's the song with the... Uh, oh, Creeping Heart? Creeping Heart. Yeah, it's, it's a catchy great. tune and yeah. it's a crazy video and a crazy, funny, good, kitschy yeah. kind of way. It's like right on that edge of kitschy cool. Yeah, Andrew's great. You know, Andrew is the uh, lead lead uh, lead singer and, uh-huh. and principal songwriter and he's a, he's a really creative guy and can do film and music. And he, yeah. He's great. So what I, but I wanted to talk about is there's like this common thread, like when you play your country music, cause there's all these different styles. There's like Nashville, Texas, Bakersfield, yeah. you know, different kind of flavors of country music that we have alt country. Um, but the Hammond organ, uh, yes, is like a common thread in your music. Like, and why it. is that specifically? Cause it's, it's a common, accompanying instrument like once you get past guitarist yeah. bass and drums like the very next thing you're going to go to is like piano and organ right yeah but it has such a unique role in your music like for me it kind of brings like a memphis muscle shoals oh, sound nice. to your country awesome right but it's also present in the vanish valley yeah like so is like why hammond i just that it's so distinguished you know like it just sound you, you you know what it is when you hear it and it, it, it can do so many things i mean it can be really aggressive and like really um kind of pumping or it can just really create this great kind of sonic landscape for emotion and it 
it's just unmistakable when you hear it. It's great. It's in every, I mean, it's everything. You know? Was it, but where did it come from in your world? Like, you know, when you... Sure. Because um, I remember being a kid and not knowing what that sound was. I heard okay, it on everything. Sure. Right? And like, learn because the Leslie and the draw bars, because it's very dynamic how it changes in real yeah. time with the draw bars actually shapes the tone of the instrument as you're playing in real time. And the Leslie makes this oscillating kind of Doppler yep, effect kind yep. of thing. And it, for when I finally figured it out, like to this day, it's like one of my favorite things going. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess... It's probably Bob Dylan that did. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where I got it. And and I remember the first time someone explained to me how a Leslie speaker worked. I kind of didn't believe them. I was like, "What do you mean it just spins around? That doesn't make any sense." Right. But uh, it was so crazy to me. But um, but yeah, I think like like started like listening to some of the Dylan's mid sixties Dylan stuff, and then the band and okay, and then you know like there's great organ all over the place, and it just. You know, it's a great tool, and it, it, it can do so much. It's extremely expressive. Extremely expressive. This instrument, because it's it's so dynamic how much it can change. Um, you know, you say, like, a piano is fascinating to me, because piano is very, very expressive, because it's a mechanical, fully mechanical yeah. instrument. Um, and you can get a, 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 you know, but it's really, it's what it is. Yeah, I mean, the right? piano is, yeah, a percussion instrument, and, you know, like, the organ kind of has that built-in legato everything's just feels connected yeah well not only that but there, there's got to be a name for this like when it comes to electromechanical instruments but when a hammond when you hold down a key the note sounds as long as you hold that right so there's no decay oh okay yeah it, i guess i should say it yeah. that way right because all sound has four aspects adsr attack decay sustain release yeah and on a hammond organ it's going to play as long as you hold that down i've actually seen you know certain players will like keep like a socket on their in their rig, like just a metal or something metal, like about the size of a key, and they'll just like because they'll have like Ben Montench from the Heartbreakers yeah. has like a Wurlitzer and a Hammond and a piano and a few other keyboards around, and he'll like set a thing on a note, set that little metal thing, so it's that note is just sounding and like and then the Leslie will be going and he'll play something else on another instrument while the Leslie's the Hammond is essentially playing itself. Yeah, <laughs> I just I love that's hilarious. I love cool tricks like that. Yeah, right. Anyway, so you know what's the record? The the EP Royal Blue just came out not too terribly long yeah. ago, and you're going to play some solo shows. Uh, well, uh, you're playing one at Cinema Bar not too terribly yeah. long from yeah. now. Yeah, uh, September twenty first. September twenty first, like doing a songwriters. Like, night. Yep, doing a writers in the round thing. I'm really excited about it. Do you have aspirations to kind of make it into a band? Yeah, I think so. You know, right now, it, you know, I just kind of found the guys in the studio to to help me out, and then you know. I I would love to just play with whoever's around when I can get them and yeah. you know just you know mainly I just want to find people that they're having fun they love the tunes and and have kind of an organic connection with like going out and putting yeah. on a show and how close you know because sometimes the the live thing doesn't have to be because you I mean you've got four songs on the EP plus yeah. whatever's on the other EP so I guess that's a set between the two yeah and I've got like a back catalog as long as my arm that just okay. You know, but I guess that's the question, though, is like if you're in, if Lasers, Lasers, Birmingham is specifically, you know, that box, that country box. Yeah, it is. That you've yeah. intentionally put it in. Yeah. Um, are you then going to take other songs that you have from the past that fit into that stylistically more and do that along with those songs? Or are you going to like rearrange other stuff that you well, did? Well, I mean, yeah, like some stuff previously? kind of, some stuff kind of will easily, I can easily put it in that box, you know, and then okay. other stuff, there's just no way, yeah. you know, and so some things are just kind of like there's a time and place for them and then there's other things you can bring with you into the new yeah. era and the new era after that but um yeah just just i keep on just writing good songs and better songs yeah. and songs that feel good to me yeah you know and one of my favorite things about what you do in terms of your writing uh because tonight you know you're playing on our show this week you're playing four 
live songs. Plus, by the way, there's the web extra song. Make sure you stop by the website, check out the episode page. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole extra song you're going to hear with a video, so check that out too. Um, but you're you're confident and willing to play two like brand new songs, which yeah. I think is pretty cool because like even as fast as you make an EP, if you're a writer of any stripe, you've always got material coming. Yeah, you know, I just. Uh, it just comes, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But are you uh, pretty prolific? You write a lot. I write a lot. Yeah, I probably write something. So it, it, it might not be any good, but I write every day, probably. Yeah. You How often what? do you finish a song? Mm. Ballpark average. Sure, sure. You know, like you know, if it if it lingers over a month, then I'm just like you know, you know, kind of like Tom Petty says, you know, it's okay for it to be hard, but it shouldn't be this hard. Right. You know, like you kind of have to to just say, okay, well, that wasn't gonna. That wasn't going to yeah. be a thing, you know. I always try to finish the song, no matter what. Even if I, even if halfway through, I'm like, eh, eh, this yeah. is like lukewarm. I, I, I'm going to see it through all the way to the, to the end because the, I love like Leonard Cohen. I love him, and he always says like, you know, you never know if the diamond shines until you cut it. Right. So you got to finish it before you figure out if it's any good or not. You right. Know? And you never know. It's so funny too how that works out because there were songs. You know, I can think of a specific instance from the last record. I, well, actually, the first record I did where, you know, we went in with like 20 songs, came out, you know, 15 we thought would fly of the versions we'd actually recorded. Sure. And I'd even written more than that before that. You know, wound up with like 12 or 15, 13, 15. And then, you know, Whittled 2 just didn't really, once we were mixing them, there's nothing wrong with the songs. We didn't like the performance. So kind of whittled those down. But then you get to a certain point where it's like songs that I thought were throwaway songs, like everyone agreed, like, oh, that's the first song. That's the single. That's the, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> right? like the feature song on the record. I'm like, you got to be crazy. That's just like one of the songs I kind of tossed off, for lack of a better word. Right. That's and it's the song that got airplay. You just never know. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Like yeah. you make them because I feel like, you know, once you make that song, it's not yours anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's whatever it means to everyone who listens to it. You, you know, the dad, like you are like the legal guardian right, of that right. song, <laughs> you know, but the song is a sentient being. It's going to go off and live its life and do its thing. Well, yeah. And, and you know, like I'm, you know, you're probably a lot like me where like you, you make it, I'm making it for other people. I'm not making it to be in a vacuum for me to be like, eh, yeah, this is good. That's Matt. Whatever. Yeah. And we want, speaking for myself, like I want these songs to be the soundtrack of somebody's life. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, I, I, just like you were saying before when we got started, like, I want to write that common experience. Yeah. And something like, you know, this is, this is how we all feel about this given topic. This is my perspective on that. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, one last song. What's this? Uh, we were been yammering about this yeah. new song for like 10 minutes. Yeah, what right. is this one? Right. Uh, this one's called uh, Perfection in Three-Quarter Time. And you're checking off the rule. There should always be a song in triple meter. Do what I can. Good work. Okay, Alex from Lasers, Lasers, Birmingham with one more song here on Independence Day. Out there on Bainbridge, Detroit and Cambridge The show, she must go on The tickets are all sold and the weed's all been smoked I guess we'd better give the folks a show Light up the matches, batten down the hatches Tonight we're shooting from the hip And oh Lord, to see them Rekindles those feelings Give me something to believe in But no one's asking for perfection The house lights are up now The crowd's about to head out The egos, they've all been stroked They clapped along loudly Threw up their hands They even 
laughed at the jokes Light up the matches, batten down the hatches Tonight we're shooting from the hip And oh Lord to see them, rekindles those feelings Give me something to believe in But no one's asking for perfection Light up the matches, batten down the hatches Tonight we're shooting from the hip And oh Lord to see them, rekindles those feelings Give me something to believe in But no one's asking for perfection Very, very nice, Alex. Good stuff, man. Thank you. Thanks. I like well, I like triple meter. I'm always a sucker for that. It's great. And naming, uh, titling a song "Perfection" in three quarter time is a is a delightful idea. So kudos to you for picking that out of the ether and making it a thing. Thanks, thanks. Very nice. So we we were talking about this as the song was playing. Like we really, you know, there's such a distinction about you making your rec- your music before Royal Blue was pretty much all you. Yeah. And then now you've got these players. So the players you've got on here that are yeah, they, these guys are great. Uh, I got John Schleffler Jr. on pedal steel, and who's an amazing guitar player he is. as well. And, and he's, he's on Wicked Beard too. Oh, that thing! It's a right? wicked, wicked beard right. in a it, good way. And he's just the funniest dude too. Yeah, he's a cool guy. He's great. And then I uh, Mustang Lang on keyboards and, and organ and all the things with keys. Another amazing player that's. Just so much fun to hang out with these guys are, and uh, and Seb Bailey on bass, he plays in Geronimo Getty, and he's 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 oh, great. Yeah. And uh, let's see, and we got uh, Mikey G on drums, who just he's played drums for like everybody, and has such great toe pocket, dude. Like just feels so good, makes me like sound good. So mm. like Always all those guys, with- like just yeah, you know they're amazing, amazing folks. And then um, Jake Posner. Uh, Helped me produce it and kind of just helped me from going crazy while I was doing it. And uh, that's always helpful. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's got to be a den mother. <laughs> yeah. You know, someone's got to tell you what time it's time for like yeah. juice and a nap. Yeah. I'm, I'm a wily cub to say the least. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. good, man. I like this. Uh, when Kim Grant, who, uh, yeah, she's great. The, the uh, publicist, my friend, your friend, she sent me this, you know, I get, get a lot of stuff. And I, I like I like it. Thank thank you. Which Thanks a lot. Is, that means a lot. I mean, I, I mean, I like a lot of music, and I can always find something good about everybody's music because sure. everyone's everyone's valid in some way. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> everyone gets a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, um, you know, I, I liked what you were doing with the songs. I liked I liked that box that you put yourself in, and I'm curious to see what happens when you expand that box just a Thanks. little bit. Uh, Thanks. Um, so you've got the show coming up at the Cinema Bar that's on September 21st. So check that out. Uh, it's a Wednesday night. It's a songwriters thing. We're not exactly sure who else is on the bill. Um, but I'm sure it'll be good. They always put on good shows at they the do. Cinema Bar. They do. And if people want to learn about you, they can go to laserslasersbirmingham.com. Also the same deal on Facebook. Also almost in Twitter 
at L underscore L underscore Birmingham. And of course, check out LL Birmingham, the law office in Montgomery for all of, of your probate needs. <laughs> exactly. All right, Alex, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate thank you. It was a so great much. time. Thank appreciate you for it. sharing your music. Please stay in touch. Check out the full episode at indepthday.com. Check out the web extra that is at indepthday.com. Check out the rest of the episodes on indepthday.com slash iTunes. And uh, Alex, once again, man, I appreciate it so great. much. This man. was a pleasure. Thanks. It was the pleasure was mine. So thank you to Alex Owen from Lasers, Lasers, Birmingham. Also to the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley, Wayne Topinski, and Sally Shackleton. The harmonious Tony Tone Loke Piscotti manages Independence Day website. Good guy. Independence Day's theme music was composed by Great Lakes Myth Society. Love those guys. For Independence Day, I am Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another. <laughs>